and we're back inside the Advent Calendar House today looking at a now 31-year-old classic, A Garfield Christmas Special from 1987. I'm two-time all-county gravy champion Mike Westfall, and joining me is a giant mind-reading robot Santa Claus who can 3D print anything you desire. From the podcasts Nerd Lunch Presents Down the Rabbit Hole and Now Talk and Chop, it's Jeff Sumaji. Welcome, Jeff. Hey, thank you. I'm glad you had me, even though my gravy didn't even place. Yeah, well, no hard feelings. Would your gravy place? Would your gravy, would you win gravy if you make gravy? How's your gravy, Mike? <laughs> Good? My wife is the gravy cooker in the house, so. So would you just take her gravy and put your name on it? You <laughs> gravy thief. <laughs> It'd be, it's a family recipe. Oh, okay. So, so that's okay. Yeah. I've, I mean, I've been to chili cook-offs down here, but I've never competed in one. Is is chili gravy? Is this this going to be like? Is the hot dog a sandwich? I think it's a subset. I think it's a subset of gravy. All I th- I think all chilies are gravies, but not all gravies are chilies. Oh, you know that makes a lot of sense. I mean, look where I'm from. Uh, a lot of people call uh, tomato sauce red gravy. Oh which I, yes, I find ridiculous myself. <laughs> it's an and, Italian thing. Well, I'm, I was raised Italian, and so that's the thing that I found doubly ridiculous is I would go over to someone's house who identified a little bit slightly more Italian than I did, and they're like, you want some gravy? And I'm like, on the pasta? That's gross. Do you have tomato sauce? And they're like, ah, ha, ha, you're not Italian. Oh, that I'm just like, got so much more interesting. <laughs> Putting gravy on pasta? Yeah, or and calling it that. I thought it was like every Italian family. I'm like, nope, this is gravy. No. No, we never we never called it gravy. And huh. and I don't know if it's just like look, I'll be the first to admit that my family long story, uh it's a real long story. It should be a podcast in and of itself, but <laughs> it all ends with my ancestors coming to Staten Island and saying, That's it, we're American now and throwing out a lot of the traditions. Uh-huh. Uh, except for winemaking, which made them very lucrative bootleggers during the twenties. But <laughs> You gotta keep the important stuff in the family. You gotta keep the important stuff, you know? <laughs> oh. So yeah, never called it gravy. I wouldn't win any gravy. Um, I'm glad we're talking about Garfield's gravy special. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> well, I asked you to be on this particular episode back uh, right after your birthday. You shared a gif from this special on Twitter as a thank you to everyone who wished you happy birthday back in April. And that's what made me reach out to you. So let me start by asking you, you're obviously a fan of this special. Where does it fall for you in relation to every other Garfield special? This was the first time I watched it. Is that surprising? I wow, just really? got that gift from a search. No, not at all. I probably <laughs> watched this. I've definitely watched this special at least 31 times uh, in the years, uh, over the years. Uh, one for each year yep. it's been out. Um, in the in the Pantheon, well, which specials are we going by? Because there's, there's, the, there's the, the core list, which is Christmas, Halloween, Thanksgiving. And then there's the extended list that includes In Paradise or Nine Lives. I was going with the extended list because, I mean, Halloween's the top one for me, but then followed. My number two is Garfield in the Rough with that mm. glowy eyed Black Panther. I guess I like being terrified as a kid. Uh, so I'd probably rank this one as third. You know, I gotta say, I'm not sure I've seen Garfield in the Rough. Okay, they go camping. And if I did, I saw it when it was originally released and have forgotten it since. They go camping and there's a panther. There's a panther that's easily as scary, if not scarier, than the pirate ghosts. Oh, okay. Hmm. So, oh yeah. 
Uh, no. Seek that, is that out. The, wait, is that the one where we get sprayed by a skunk as well and has to bathe in tomato gravy? Red gravy? Possibly. Mm. Man, okay. Garfield's all about the gravy. It is all about the gravy. If there's yeah. one where he gets covered in red gravy, I would need to put that at the very top. Yeah, well. I'm unsure. Uh, definitely for me, um, like even just rewatching this one uh, today, which which I or yesterday, which I realized throws off my count. I have now watched it 32 times in the 31 years that it's been out or will by the end of this year. Whatever. <laughs> well, now um, you don't have to watch it again when we actually get closer <laughs> to Christmas. Right. As we're lining up everything we're going to watch for Christmas, uh, I'll just be like, you can leave that one off. This You're year. all already- set. Already check that box. Uh, Halloween definitely number one. I oh, feel yeah. like Halloween definitely moves, has a lot of good yucks, a lot of good scares, moves right along, and it and it's over. This one, uh, not to jump ahead, it has that sad song which I could do without. <laughs> <laughs> I I had a lot of fear. Uh, well, we'll we'll wait to get to this when we talk about yeah, that. Let's, scene. All right. Well, let's dive uh, in then. Let's and. And, well, I just want to say okay. that Thanksgiving, watched it for the first time in several years this past Thanksgiving, didn't, uh, was my favorite. So I would have to say Halloween, Christmas, Thanksgiving of the core. Um, oh, absolutely. Every, everything else I have to say I have not seen recently enough to put on this list. Am I still allowed to talk oh, about the special? Because you know there are people listening right now who are like, Pfft, Garfield poser. He didn't. He doesn't even know Garfield in the rough. What gives him the right to talk about the Christmas special? <laughs> well, they weren't invited. Yes. All you need that's is right. the knowledge of this special. And the contacts with you. Eric, that's, that's pretty much it. My <laughs> contacts are very limited. <laughs> All right. Well, let's dive in. Yeah. So do it. We open, as we often do, with Garfield oversleeping in a very brightly decorated Arbuckle residence, but everything is drawn in crayon, and we're not really mm-hmm. sure why. We think it might be some kind of aesthetic of this special. Yes. Anyway. Well, it's not that far off from the background aesthetics of several of these specials. It's not, but it's definitely no. a lot blanker than that bright blue wallpaper with, like, the dots and the lines sure. that was a staple of Garfield's living room. Right. Uh, But he's awakened by John, dressed as a jolly elf, who says it's Christmas morning, and he puts out a trail of lasagna pans to a very large wrapped gift. And that's your first clue on what's actually going on, because no man of John's age owns that many lasagna pans. (laughs) That that should be a dead giveaway. Also, he has a stack of, what, like three, and every pan he lays down, it doesn't diminish. And I can't say whether that is a failing on the animator's part or mm. whether it is part of this mystical dream. I'm going with the dream. Could be. Uh, later on, we will see John spin a top, and it doesn't really fall for a long time. So we don't know whether we're still in John's dream or not, or whether this is Garfield's dream. That's an Inception joke. Uh, but I wanted <laughs> to ask you, Mike, lasagna for Christmas, a tradition for you guys? Uh, actually, yes. It's a recent tradition. My wife started making veggie lasagna, and that's what we have... Uh, either on Christmas Day or we'll have it earlier on Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve night for us, we get Chinese takeout. <laughs> That's something my parents started doing when I was about eight or nine on Christmas Eve. And they we, they did it the very next year. And we decided, let's just do this every year. Hmm. 
and my wife was immediately on board, so it worked out great. Well, see, but the thing is, is like, yeah, I see, I feel like ordering Chinese takeout for the meal is like, oh, this is really easy. I can jump on board with this. But then you're still making a full lasagna for earlier in the day. Right. Like, so you're just pushing the work to be even oh, yeah. earlier in the day. Pretty much. Where you think you wanted to give yourself as much time as possible to make the lasagna. Yeah. For my wife and I, uh, we do what we have termed "it's a wonderful lasagna," in which <laughs> we make a lasagna for dinner uh, with garlic bread, and uh, watch it's a, "It's a Wonderful Life." And since going meatless, we've moved to uh, a very mushroomy lasagna. Mushrooms. Okay. Yeah, last year I think I used like four pounds of mushrooms in this thing. Okay. They cooked down. You know, it was maybe a little too many mushrooms last year. Yeah. <laughs> we got to step back. But so yeah, lasagna. So it was nice, and I and I wondered. It was nice seeing lasagnas presented as a Christmas food. Uh, I mean, not like Garfield would eat anything else. I mean, he's Garfield. He's a lasagna. right. Um, but yeah, I kind of validated that uh, our choice to have lasagna was the correct one. So you and me, man, we're doing it right. All right. Pro tip, everyone: lasagna yep. on Christmas or around Christmas. Yep. Fit it in somewhere. If, if you're yep. the family who does the fishes, fit it in. Mm. Uh, yeah, lasagna could be a fish. Look, the people who do the seven fishes, being Italian, I never did this because, again, my family was the worst kind of Italians. <laughs> so it wasn't until I was in college that I heard about the seven fishes thing. But then when I dug into it, it's like, yeah, we eat fish like shrimp and lobster. Those aren't fish. No, so that's once, cheating. Really? Once, that's one. Of, oh, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. One of the fishes is uh, in, in when my grandmother decided she wanted to get back into traditions and and we did it one of the fishes was squid we had fried calamar so look once you expand the borders past fish to uh cephalopods and and other uh (laughs) crustaceans mollusks like lasagna can be a fish just there you go yeah here's a scallop Exactly. Scallop and here's a slice of lasagna noodle. It's a fish. Oh, that makes so much more sense. But now I'm much less impressed about the whole tradition thing. I have like one side of my family is Irish. The other side of my family is German. So anything Italian as far as Christmas traditions go, I just kind of took their word for it. Oh, yeah. Seven (laughs) different fishes. So I'm thinking like here's a trout. Here's a salmon. Like that can't all mesh well together. But right. I mean, I don't think there are even seven fishes that are <laughs> readily available to make at home. Like you have to start delving into like they're tuna very and seasonal anchovies, sushi. Yeah, right. I don't know. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some bonito flakes. There you go. Well, John presents Garfield with this giant wrapped gift on a forklift, and it turns out to be this robotic Santa Claus chair that reads your mind and produces whatever you want. Garfield tests it out by wishing for a pile of jewels, and then he goes nuts. And we have our little opening credits and theme song with a delightful tune as sung by Lou Rawls. I was going to say that would be what I would probably wish for if... I was given this. That's I what I was going to ask and, you. Oh, oh, perfect. perfect. So I would sit there, the cap would come down, and I'd be like, you know what? I want a delightful song by Lou Rawls. <laughs> oh, I thought we were going to go with the jewels. Yeah, Lou Rawls is better. <laughs> I thought about it. I was just like, I'd really like some new hardwood floors. <laughs> 
But, You're a practical man. Whereas yeah, I well. just want a little bit of a soundtrack to my life. <laughs> Is there anyone better to make soundtracks for Garfield specials than Lou Rawls? Absolutely I, not. That's why they don't I, do them anymore. Right? <laughs> Gotta be. Gotta be. It's I mean, like, well, we're not doing these anymore. It's really not the music you would expect from a Garfield special. It but wouldn't. It, it wouldn't work any other way. Absolutely not. Somehow so it's del- like the exact right tone for everything. Mm-hmm. As yeah. silly as they get. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, we'll talk about that later. We we'll sure will. The lyrics. <laughs> but first, uh, before we get out of this dream, I need to bring up some important research conducted sure. uh, by our pal and uh, your neighbor over on Staten Island, Matt from Dinosaur Dracula. Oh, yeah. Who a few years ago went through these opening credits frame by frame to identify everything Garfield wishes for in this sequence. Because he knew we were going to do this podcast, and he wanted to save us from having to do that work. That's right. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, Matt. Matt. Uh, and I do enjoy a good TV special inventory. Uh, mm-hmm. CT and I did the same thing for a Muppet Family Christmas. Here, Matt has counted 55 individual gifts. Uh, and we got It's a lot of electronics, but he decides, you know, I need two TVs. I need two boom boxes. I need uh, two toasters. Look, when the wishes are unlimited. Hey, you know, can never have not? too many toasters. Maybe he's wishing for the second one to donate to a needy child. Ooh, be like, be. look, I got a TV. I'll wish for another one and donate it. Well, there are 11 gifts that are just unopened mysteries that are still in wrapped boxes. Maybe those are them, too. You just See? put a whole different spin on this for me. That yeah. makes it makes a lot of sense from a rational point of view. But then I remember this is Garfield and he's dreaming. Well, it is Christmas. Maybe Mm-hmm. Maybe. He's been infected with the spirit of Christmas. Or maybe Garfield's just not as, as big of a curmudgeon as we've always thought all along. It could be. This is our first hint. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. the first thing he wishes for after the jewels, the jewels was just a test. And then mm-hmm. the first thing we see is a new cat bed. Which <laughs> I like that Garfield immediately goes for the practical gift. He starts with a small <laughs> test of the machine's power and then he jumps right to, well, I'd like a comfier bed. It is weird that he de-escalates so quickly. I mean, he just essentially wished for a million dollars in cold, hard jewels. And then he's like, all right, let's step this back. There's not much more grandiose I can go from here. I'll just get a bed, maybe a basketball. I don't know. Small stuff. Suitcase, guitar, toy drama. I'm not going to go through the whole list, but we'll put it in the show notes. Which Uh, of the items that he wishes for with this hat? Would you want the most to uh, him to give you? Hmm. Let's yeah. see. I'm That's gonna, kind of a twist on your question. I'm going to go. There's a slide projector that comes out. <laughs> I haven't seen one of those in a while, but I know my parents have like shoe boxes full of these yeah. old slides. I like that Garfield has a need for a slide projector. It's 1987, so I'm sure that he might actually get some use of it back. Little known fact, he was quite a shutterbug. And he went. put all the stuff on. Well, it's when Garfield in Paradise, he took all the travel photos. Oh, there you go. To Odie when he gets back. That makes so much sense. <laughs> Notably, we don't see money come out of the bag. We see the jewels, but I'm assuming this contraption is operating under like Harry Potter laws of magic and can't replicate mm. money. But I hate, yeah. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it was all a dream. I'm sorry, but as we all know from St. Elsewhere, revealing that nothing we just saw was real, uh, that's a Westfall family tradition. So It cuts to John holding a snow globe, <laughs> looking in at a little cat. 
<laughs> the Arbuckles are distant uh, relatives to my family. So, uh, But it's Christmas Eve morning in reality, or at least in Garfield's reality. I don't know what kind of Infinity Stones John has. Oh no, is that where Garfield minus Garfield comes from? <laughs> Odie snaps his fingers. Oh, oh all no! Over. Spoilers. <laughs> I got into trouble with this once before. You're not catching me out again, Mike. I don't feel so good. Well, <laughs> uh, John informs Garfield that they're getting ready to go out to his parents' farm with his mom and dad and grandma and his brother Doc Boy. Doc Boy is such a weird name for, uh, like, even for a kid raised on a farm. Do you know what the origin of that is supposed to be? Like, what's the joke there? I don't, I think the joke there is just, I was raised on a farm. They're going to have weird names. Pretty much. Like like, that? Like, yeah, I don't think we ever learn his full name. Um, yeah. But Do- Dr... Doctor Boy, our our buckle. He's actually a, he's a full doctor, but <laughs> yeah. he still lives at home. He's a he's a doctor of uh, cow husbandry. Actually, that's a it's a good question. What kind of farm do you think they they run? I don't know because we don't see any animals at all. We just see a no. barn. So yeah, so they run a barn farm. Maybe it's just maybe it's a bed and breakfast by this point. It could a, be, like, you know, an Airbnb, big enough now, house. During this moment, uh, when he, you know John's waking up Garfield and saying, "Yo, we're going to go to the farm," Garfield says, uh, "Why can't they come here?" Where uh, he says, "My be- my warm bed is," <laughs> uh, and it's so funny because this scene uh, resonated with me so much as a kid. That was me as a kid. Uh, I don't know about you, but Christmas morning we'd wake up. We were the type of family that opened presents first thing in the morning. Uh-huh. Um, Opened them all up, and then we had to all get dressed and go and get into the car and drive a half hour to 45 minutes across the island on Staten Island to one of my grandparents' houses, and it alternated between the two of them. And we got to choose what we took with us and what we left behind. We were only allowed to take, like, one gift with us. Okay. So to me, this this – this Garfield lamenting, why can't they come here? It was so it, it like breaks my heart because it brings me back to that one that that morning. And I oh man, I remember one in particular where I had gotten uh, Weird Al's uh, in 3D album. Oh, and that's the one item I chose to bring with me. I didn't bring a way of playing it or listening to it. I was gonna say, <laughs> yeah. And my parents weren't going to play that in the car on Christmas Day on our way to grandparents' house. So <laughs> I just kind of stared at this cassette tape for hours uh, that day. And then, you're, you know, the parents were always like, oh, but grandma and grandpa will get you something. But they always got you like a sweater and, you know, like the B list items on, you know, you wanted the ones from Santa that were back at your house. Oh, you yeah. Know? Like the Ewok village and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I wasn't allowed to bring that. That's no. too big. And you couldn't smaller. even listen to the uh, lovely Christmas tunes of Nature Trail to Hell. Exactly. Oh, man. In 3D. <laughs> Christmas at Ground Zero. That wasn't on that album. No. Was it? Was it, uh, uh, we're looking it up. I think it was Polka Party. But Christmas mm. at Ground Zero. There's music in the air. The Polka Party. Wow. Nailed good, it. Good, good memory. <laughs> My the the one I like I like his song "The Night Santa Went Crazy" a little better than "Christmas at Ground Zero. <laughs> I mean, they're both inappropriately violent. <laughs> oh yeah, well. <laughs> anyway, 
So yeah, now they're on their way to the farm. They're on their I way to the, the farm. They sing a lovely tune because uh, they don't. They also have no way to play Weird Al Yankovic's in 3D in the car, which is totally an album John would own. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah, he has that giant polka dotted bow tie. You know, he plays the accordion. He's a he's a oh, weird yeah. weird head. Is that what they're called? <laughs> oh, no, I, don't I don't know what so. they're called. But yeah, this is I do love this song. The you know, Dad would chop down the tree and Garfield replies chores. chores. And he has a retort for everything. Dad would chop down the tree. Chores. Mom would fix up the meal. Work. Doc boy would get in the way. Fighting. Big fat hairy deal. Uh, and then they flash back to uh, young mom cooking. I found that hilarious. <laughs> oh. I really love the look of young mom. Not in like a I love the look of young mom, but just like, right. Just, I'm, I'm so glad she looks that way. Yeah. Well, again, this was very era appropriate. So this was the eighties. So flashback mom looked like she was early sixties. So she had mm. the beehive hair and like the, the short yeah. dress with the apron. And it was, it was really, on, she looked like a mom. Well, that that's, that's one of the questions that I had. How old do you think John and doc boy are? And I mean, because if you if you think that this is a flashback to the '60s, because this is the '80s, then you're saying that John and Doc Boy are somewhere in their 20s. Doc Boy at least has to be in his 20s. I don't think he's 30. Okay, but John, yeah. I'd say if John's the older brother, is John the older brother? I, I'm pretty yes. sure he is. I but, think so. Yeah, because I think that's another one of those jokes. Is like, why is Doc Boy bald and John's not? It could be. It it could, he could be a little older. I was giving Doc Boy the benefit of the doubt for living at home still, but yeah, I don't know. But maybe he's living at home because he's running the farm now. Ooh, John's could be. The young, yeah, that makes I always a lot assume of sense. that he stuck around to to continue the farm. And maybe that's why Doc Boy doesn't really like John very much. Yeah. I mean, it's true. You can kind of see it. Well, and he gets there and both uh, and dad's calling him city slicker. And Mm -hmm. let's get into the voices now that we meet the family for the first time. And I'll skip right to Doc Boy. Did you recognize Doc Boy's voice? Doc Boy, how's my favorite brother? Don't call me Doc Boy. And you've probably forgotten I'm your only brother. Yes. All right. National treasure, David Lander. (laughs) That's right. It's Squiggy, and I didn't make that connection until this time. Oh man, I, I every time I hear it, I just get happy, and then a little bit sad because I read his autobiography. Oh no! Yeah, David David Lander. He's uh he uh he has uh, MS, and oh. everyone thought towards the end of his career in Hollywood. Not to bring this lovely podcast down, but yeah, well, uh, towards towards the end of his working career. People thought he was an alcoholic because he was losing motor function and would like, like kind of slur words and stuff. But he hmm. didn't want to tell anyone because he knew that if he told people that he had MS, he would never work again. So he yeah. hid it as much as possible oh, wow. a, as he could. Um, and then it just became too much. And he came out with it and he kind of has become a champion of, of MS foundations and stuff. And um, yeah, I, I really love it. I, you know, I grew up watching uh, Laverne and Shirley. Squiggy was like my oh, guy. Yeah. You know, most, most <laughs> yeah. people are like, I want to grow up to be like the big ragu. And I'm like, someday I'm going to have a friend like Lenny. And I'm going to be the Squiggy. So, yeah. We decided we would name if we if we got a dog we would name him Squiggy. So that's oh that's a great dog name. 
Sweet. You got to do his hair with the little thing, though. Oh, yeah, totally. We're going to, like, spray it so it's nice and black and Perfect. slick and gross. Sure. Yeah, that's humane. Uh, were the other voices anyone of note? Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, good news for David Lander. He did get another turn as Doc Boy in the later CGI Garfield show. Mm. So, I mean, happy career ending for him, kind of. But. I think he gets to keep working. And I mean, his, his voice will always be his voice, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, John's dad is voiced by Pat Harrington Jr., best known uh, at the time as Schneider, the building super from One Day at a Time. Really? Oh, yes. Wow. Merry Christmas, City Slicker. And Mom is Julie Payne. Now, she's didn't have that big of a resume, but she's a regular on Garfield. She's normally the voice of the vet, Dr. Liz Wilson. Oh, well, that makes which, sense. It does, because John is exactly the kind of guy who'd fall for a girl who reminded him of his mother. Gross. (laughs) And then, then we have John's tough-as-nails grandma. Did you recognize this voice? Don't mind me. You can visit till your lips fall off for all I care. I'll just sit here in the dark, alone, until you decide to come over and pay your respects. I did not. It's Pat Carroll, who at the time was well-known for a number of variety shows from the all the way back to the 50s through the 70s. Uh, and she would later also show up in Laverne and Shirley as Shirley's mom. But two years after this Christmas special, Pat Carroll would become best known as the now-iconic voice of Ursula the Sea Witch. Really? Oh, yeah. So it, you might have to now go back and give this another watch because you can absolutely hear it, especially when Grandma gives that loud little ha-ha! <laughs> oh, wow. Now I want a mashup of uh, Garfield Christmas and Poor Unfortunate Souls. Ooh. What's this, John? I see you're putting on a little belly. Is that city life making you soft? Ah, <laughs> oh, you're getting soft, boy. Just like Grandma kind of luring the voice out of Garfield. Maybe that's why Odie can't can't talk like Garfield can. She lured his voice out. Sing ah. <laughs> well, I mean, just like the space program, they have to test it on a dog first. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> she tested it twice. That's why he has four legs. There it is. <laughs> Time out for some commercials or something or other. Hey, quick intermission here. Friend of the show, Joey O, got to speak with Greg Berger, the voice of Odie, at this year's RetroCon in Pennsylvania. And Joey sent me this clip of him talking about a Garfield Christmas special. So here's that. Actually, my favorite Garfield anime thing is the uh, the Garfield Christmas special, which has a lot of real heart and emotion to it. And Odie has a fun little uh, subplot in there, too. He makes the, the gift for Garfield. There's never uh, the show, the specials in particular... But the show as well is not afraid to tug on heartstrings. And when you've got sort of raucous comedy happening and you're still not afraid to sort of get heartfelt, that makes for something that lasts over time. We're speaking, you and I, in October, and that means the Halloween special is not far off. The Thanksgiving special is not far off. The Chris, they've become part part of Americana and probably part of Earth, Earth, uh, lore, uh, for lack of a better phrase, uh, because these concerns, many of these animated concerns, are global, not not domestic. They they're they're everywhere, and they're embraced everywhere. 
Two days after I get home from RetroCon, I leave for an enormous convention in New Zealand, and it's I'm being invited back. I've had the experience before, and it's extraordinary to fly 6,000 miles, sit down at your table, and have a line of people uh, waiting to say hello. It blows my mind, and I will tell you, it's humbling and empowering at the same time. All because of a cartoon dog. Exactly. <laughs> well, not all because well, of Well, and, and all the rest. Yes, and the rest. Told you we'd be back. On with the show. Uh, did you feel that John and Doc Boy were exceedingly ugly children? Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> just, just to wrap up uh, the flashback here. No, that's fine. The, the, and that's the running joke in the comic. You know, I have a feeling that might be why we dislike the Thanksgiving special compared to these two, because the, the animated specials and the humor behind them are a very different beast from the the old comic strip. Mm-hmm. The, like, the I don't know. They just, maybe because it's animated, maybe because they have an extended period of time, they can just, like, get away with hitting every note, every beat, just rapid fire with the jokes. Yeah. And some of them you don't get as a kid, and some sure. of them you do, but uh, <laughs> these seem to age better than a lot of those comic jokes. Do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's not a lot that's really timely in these either, no. whereas I think in, in a comic strip, I mean, maybe not today in Garfield, but, you know, back then there were a few little timely things here and there in every every one of these strips, you know, so they would stand sure. the test of time here. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that struck me as they pull up to the farmhouse, uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but for people who John is saying, a family who loves Christmas so much, there isn't a single decoration in or None. on the farmhouse. Nope. Like, I'm pretty sure I could look around and find more Christmas stuff in my apartment right now in July as we're recording this <laughs> than they had in their entire house. On Christmas yeah, just lying Eve. Around. It was Christmas Eve when they pull up. Right? I don't know. Are they just that kind of, uh, you know, you hear tales of the Germanic type of folk who don't decorate until Christmas Eve or they go out and get the tree on Christmas Eve. Were you ever like that? Did your Could be. My, we started that way. Mm. I, my earliest memories of Christmas are the tree gets bought pretty late. I remember decorating it on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. I don't know when that stopped. I guess when... Um, my younger brother and sister got a little older that the excitement kind of started a lot earlier and we would start watching the Thanksgiving parade. And of course, Santa's at the end. So everything just gets more hyped. So you hear that kids? There's proof. Mike can tell you there's proof that having a younger brother or sister ruins everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the I'm younger kid. My kids so I know my sister knows I ruined everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The wood-burning cat's joke. Grandma, you remember Garfield, don't you? Well, I'll be. I remember back when all we had were wood-burning cats. What? What did they think of next? Bizarre. One of the greatest jokes of of all time, I think, in any special. It's so bizarre. I think that one joke formed my sense of humor more than anything else I'd probably seen on TV up to that moment where grandma looks down at Garfield and says, Oh, in my day, we only had wood burning cats. (laughs) 
I what will they think of next? I think she added. I'm still not even sure what that means, but it's hilarious and it's so <laughs> great. And it pairs so well with Grandma's whole aesthetic because she's like she's just she's in better shape than anyone I've ever met in my life. I love that she has John to punch her in the stomach. Oh yeah, she's like like the Jack Lalanne of the Garfield universe. <laughs> well, that's that's a good question. If she's the Jack Lalanne, does that mean that what? Is she wearing leg warmers, or is that supposed to be, like, pants cuffed really high? I thought the pants were cuffed super high, almost up to her knees, so... Yeah. Well, that's why I was wondering, like, it... it maybe they wanted to leave it am, am, ambiguity for a ambiguity... Am, bleh, ambiguous? There it <laughs> is. To, there, got, got it. Move on. All right. I thought it was a, well, uh, people shrink as they age. <laughs> So she was actually twice as tall and oh, yeah. mostly in her shins. And oh, as yeah. she aged, she just had to keep rolling up. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we don't see her in John's memories because she was seven feet tall. <laughs> right. You thought it was a lamppost in the back? That was just grandma's legs. There it is. So <laughs> well, we immediately shift to mom and grandma in the kitchen getting dinner ready. And grandma almost gets caught. Adding chili powder to mom's sausage gravy, which explains, well, we kind of went through the first five minutes of this episode. Right. <laughs> right. She won some chili cook-off or uh, gravy cook-off. Um, but they don't – okay, I know there's animosity there. They set that up very well. Uh, but why does grandma hate mom so much? What do we- I don't know. I But this was the point in the special where I realized, oh, she's John's paternal grandmother. Well, that's my uh, that's my follow up question is, is does she hate John's mom simply because you're supposed to hate your in-laws and you're supposed to, you know, like that old trope? Or is there something else? Is she really mom's mom? And we're seeing some mother daughter kind of ish going on here because cases could really be made for each because both john's mom and father call grandma grandma they never say Uh, mom well my parents did that yeah so i don't know if that's a generational thing i don't yeah i also get along great with my in-laws first time i had an extended period of time with my father-in-law he was binge watching fraggle rock so we got along great (laughs) i got off easy and then you put uh, chili powder into his beer. Oh, and that was it. <laughs> uh, the other thing that happens during this gravy scene is that Garfield comes in and says, oh, uh, and dips his paw in it and takes a bite of it. And uh, a little comedy beat. He blows some steam out of his ears. But the thing that struck me is imagine if this were a real cat dipping his paw in your gravy. Yeah, I have that note down. And that paw had just been used to bury poop in the litter box. Oh, dear. Where those paws have been. Oh, well, that's a good place to hide it. (laughs) It's cute because it's Garfield. But in reality, this is a disgusting family that should all be getting very sick after eating this gravy. Well, it's a farm. Yeah. Uh, They're probably used to it, right? Yeah. Salmonella is everywhere. <laughs> it will make them stronger. Yeah. They John's a survivor. With this uh, new trend of getting chickens uh, and raising chickens for the eggs. Uh, oh, yeah. There's, there's been a spike in salmonella poisoning with kids mm. because kids think they're pets and kiss them. And then they get oh, they get infected with salmonella. So, oh. yeah, don't 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 kiss anything is really my rule of thumb. Okay, well that's good advice, yeah. especially for me because I don't live far from 
I, I've passed houses with chickens just running around the front yard. So. Yeah, don't get out of your car and kiss them. Yes, sir. Whatever you do. <laughs> Not even if it says kissing chicken ranch. Come on in and kiss our chickens. Don't right next to the it. boiled peanut sign. <laughs> boiled peanuts and kissing chickens. Oh, boy. <laughs> Roadside stands that we would like to see. <laughs> <laughs> What I didn't like is this is as much story as we get from the sausage gravy. We never kind of see that wrap up. It's yeah. like Chekhov's chili powder failed. <laughs> and now all I want to do is try something called Chekhov's chili powder. <laughs> You'd really think that in the very end, uh, like the last thing as it fades out, it just be like, Could be. <laughs> Doc Boy <laughs> just taking a big, or John probably would be more appropriate getting like the old red face fire out of the mouth. <laughs> What we do get at dinner, though, is Doc Boy saying grace, which at first he kind of needs a spoon to the head from Grandma to even think of something to say. But then he starts getting into it, and it's a production. Lord, we just want to tell you how grateful we are for this food and um, for letting us all be here together on Christmas Eve. Amen. And as surely... As the waters of the streams and the rivers find the sea, let each of us find happiness and wisdom in this hour. Thanks, Lord. Let's eat. Ever get hit in the head with a spoon by your grandmother? It's not pleasant. Uh, not by my grandmother. Played for laughs here. Oh, but by, <laughs> by, by someone else? Uh, well, maybe. No, my wife hasn't done that. Okay, not yet. That I know of. My brother might have. But I've never heard... It wasn't a prompt to say grace. But did you ever have that family member who kind of goes long on the dinner prayer? Yes. My grandmother, bless her, bless her heart. Um, she would start, uh, do like the traditional daily grace, say amen, and we'd all kind of mumble amen. And then she would be like, and thank you for... And then like... Oh, wow. And talk about like people that weren't there mm -hmm. and then there'd be like a pause while she thought of some other stuff to say and then there was that moment where she was just kind of like she knew this was her moment to keep going but she didn't really have anything to say but she didn't want to end <laughs> it because it was like she was in the spotlight type of thing and yeah. she wasn't going to hand that off anytime soon so she would just kind of mumble for a little bit and then we'd all be like, all right, let's wrap this up. <laughs> well, that's almost exactly how it happens with Doc Boy. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, we did not do the traditional Catholic bless us, O Lord. It was always off the cuff. And Dad would get a little flourishy every once in a while, but never to the point of Doc Boy. But I went to, uh, I was in a wedding once where a family member on the other side, he was doing the prayer. And uh, one, he sang it. Two, it mm. felt like it went on for five. No, it went on for about five minutes. It <laughs> felt like it went on for five months. But Yeah, I feel like grace is one of those things that unless you're really good at public speaking, you can't just vamp. Because you're no. always going to come to that, like like you said, at a wedding. My uncle uh, got up there and started giving a blessing and there was just a lot of like blah blah blah, uh, and, blah, 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 blah. and we're just like oh please just we you have to eat please let's just wrap it up and keep it short yeah like it's a 10 second thing right. get all the basics yeah exactly uh, so, it doesn't so, have to be a big production yep. no one's scoring you on this yeah. 
What we need in more families is just a grandma to hit the off switch with the spoon again. Exactly. Everyone should have a grandma with a spoon. Absolutely. <laughs> Unless in my in in my case, it was grandma who would have to have hit herself with a spoon to stop herself. So um. now I know what to buy my mom for her birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get her a wooden spoon and and like wood burn engrave it. Just like grace <laughs> stopping spoon and hand it to Perfect. her. Perfect. Like. When you know it's time, just bang the gavel. You'll know. <laughs> and scene. Thank you. Well done. Well, we get another family trope in which mom makes too much food. Because mm. there's seven kinds of everything. And every time she lists it off, there's some weird pot clanging. Plang, plong, pling, plong, plong. Which <laughs> throws me off every time and just... Uh, it it really sells the vaudevilleness of that bit. That's know? where I thought it was. I'm like, is that supposed to be a rim shot? Yeah, totally. Hey, mom, pass the potatoes, please. Scallop whip fried baker boil. Oh, mom, you always fix too much food. I know, honey. I know. Now, what would you like? I can't decide. Just give me a piece of pie. Apple, peach, pumpkin, blueberry, cherry, or banana cream. And the thing that bothers me is that given a, a surfeit of choice, John cannot choose what potato, so he moves on to pie. Too many choices of pie, so he doesn't even choose pie. Did John even eat today? I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, he, he's the skinniest one there. He is. I always thought it was just because Garfield was stealing his food, but now I think maybe he just doesn't eat at all. Yeah. Well, <laughs> my grandmother on my mom's side would always make too much food, but we always had big family gatherings over at her house, so it was a necessity. Here, it's just five people, and there are more pies than people, so it's a punchline. <laughs> and, a, and a cat and a dog who get theirs, thanks to Grandma, sneaking them food. But I really like the idea of having a meal that's more pies than people, though. When you said it that way, when you put it that way, I was like, that's what I want to be invited to. Call it go. more pies than people, and I will show up. <laughs> That's pretty. Could have it. Could have it on Pie Day in yeah. March. My mom is the type that made so much food, and and back when we had mm -hmm. larger gatherings of family, it was okay. But she still would over over make food. But as the number of people who show up to these gatherings dwindled, her the meal preparation didn't dwindle at the same ratio. So now she really does make twice as much as she needs to. And I, every time I'm like, mom, don't make this amount of food. You spend all day cooking it. We don't eat it. And she's like, yeah, but then you can take it home and have leftovers. I was like, mom, I can afford my own food. Every time. <laughs> every time. I don't need to take home literally a quart mm. of creamed corn. Like, <laughs> even if I take that home, how much cream corn do you think my wife and I are going to eat over the next several days? It's just going to go bad. <laughs> well, I have lunch for the next month. Thank you. Yeah, just cold cream corn out of a quart-sized bucket that they got from leftover Chinese food. It once held wonton soup, but now it just holds a lot of creamed corn. <laughs> <laughs> While I mentioned the dog earlier, we kind of neglected Odie's story arc here. Right before dinner, he comes in from a walk outside of the barn. Uh, and he's got this obvious to the viewer, nothing to see here vibe. Yep, he's up to something. Shit. We do. So, yeah, we kind of see him slink off somewhere else. Uh, so we realize something else, but we're not going to find out until a little later. But first, we get to my favorite part of the episode. It's time to trim the tree. Mm -hmm. So good. But it raises the question, 
star on last so, because they make a big to do about putting the star on last. And and I'm with the dad in this one. Uh, he's he's like, why don't we put the star on before we put the tree up? Because I'm going to go up there and I'm going to break my neck putting the tr- the star on top of the tree. And they solve it by sending Garfield up and he's a big hero. And, but do you uh, put the star on last on your tree? We put the star on last. The kids like it. Now that I'm an adult with my own house and 15 foot high ceilings, <laughs> well, I think we got a real tree once, and then quickly decided, nope, not worth the allergies. <laughs> Mine aren't as bad as far as trees go, but my wife's allergic to every tree, mm-hmm. including the pine. So we go fake, and also we're in Florida, so it's dry. We'd have to like drive two hours just to get to a place that uh, raises the trees. Right. So I don't care. We mm. get we go fake, and the kids love putting up the star last every year. So how tall is your tree, and how do you put the star on at the end? It's, it's seven feet. They, I, We either hold them up there or we use a ladder. Okay. Mostly because I don't trust them to try and do it themselves. But John entrusts Garfield with the star, and it's a cat and avid tree climber. And he gets up there, but not before looking down and falling out of the tree entirely, bringing down... All the hung decorations with it. If this were real life, halfway up, Garfield would have chewed on one of the wires and electrocuted himself. <laughs> and that would have oh, yeah. been the end of the special. But he pulls oh, it off. He pulls it off. He does. And I loved the uh, when he puts it on top, everyone cheers, and he looks down, sees how high he is. And it does the uh, trumpet <laughs> that we also hear in the Halloween special. Yes. That I don't know if that's like a can trumpet that they had, or if it's just they did that same exact note for note little thing again. And I never recognized that it was the same noise until this this viewing. Um, and now I want it as my ringtone, so, so that every time someone calls me, I think I'm in a precarious situation and I get terrified. But after he falls out of the tree and the decorations come down crashing with him, that leads to Garfield giving my. Favorite Garfieldism, my favorite line from any cartoon for children ever. Whoever invented Christmas trees should be drug out into the street and shot. Whoever invented Christmas trees should be drug out into the street and shot. (laughs) So I guess he means Christians? (laughs) Like, that's a dicey thing to say. Uh, Garfield, why don't you explain yourself? I mean, I know in the moment it's like, ha, 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 funny. But if you think about it, what is he saying? They kind of dig drag a guy out into the street. (laughs) Garfield, no. But that's a different holiday. (laughs) Wow. This got got grim. Garfield uh, hoping people get murdered on this Christmassy of Christmases. Here's the thing. That's a regular line of his. He said that before. Uh, you mentioned Garfield in Paradise earlier. He says whoever said getting there is half the fun should be drug out in the street and shot. Mm-hmm. There was an episode of Garfield and Friends where Bingy the Clown keeps showing up and singing happy birthday to the wrong house. And Garfield said people who sing like that should be drug out in the street and shot. <laughs> he has a lot of it. So this is a regular Garfieldism in a cartoon for children. And yep. I am here for it. Yep. Yep. It made all the much better because it's for Christmas. <laughs> uh, and now we get a quick bit of Doc Boy and Grandma playing their versions of Oh Christmas Tree on the piano. Doc Boy's off key. Grandma's is the fast rocking number that shakes the entire piano. Oh, Christmas tree. Oh, Christmas tree. I love me on that ranch. It's whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> but so, I'm, 
I forgot about this part. And here I find out it was cut from later airings of this. You know, here's the thing. Uh, I did not take any notes about this part because the version on uh, Amazon Prime that I bought didn't have it. And I was like, oh, maybe it's in the Thanksgiving special. Uh-huh. I could have sworn it was in this. But so, yeah, I had it wasn't in the version that I just watched. And that is very disappointing because that is one of my wife and I's favorite callbacks uh, to do <laughs> from this is anytime someone's at a piano, we'll just like be do be do be do be do So great. I love grandma. I, I had forgotten about it and then rediscovered it much later in my uh, young adulthood. But because my copy of the tape, I realized after finding it again, didn't have it. So I discovered after some searching that this was an edit from 1991 where they cut mm. off that. Uh, they redrew a couple of scenes here and there. Uh, we'll get um, after we'll talk about dad reading the, the story later. But after he reads the story, he kind of feels he looks winded. Uh, but then they just kind of look like him. He, he looked annoyed because when he looked winded, he kind of looked he had the tongue sticking out and the dizzy spirals in his eyes. So I yeah. don't know if they thought that looked hmm. a little too much that kids might be reading into it too much. I'm like, oh, he looks drunk. You can't have him look like that. Not kids. <laughs> censors. Sure. Huh. Now I want to now I really need to go and, and look at these changes uh, and, and see what's changed. It's not a lot, but. That that's the big one. The old Christmas tree thing missing is the big one. Yeah, it's just weird to think that over the thirty-one years, I've seen different versions of this, and maybe have put together another version that even totally doesn't exist. Like in my mind, it has the the piano or Christmas tree part. It has different. Do you know what I mean? Like 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 having watched so many different versions over so many different uh, times that my compilation of what the truth is doesn't even really exist because it's split up over the different versions. I wonder. I feel like, like that's happened to me before with other things where they could have, um, well, Muppet Family Christmas, I'm sure that's happened to a lot of people yep. because there are five or six different versions of that where they had to cut out like one new song every time they aired it. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you, you, you start to remember something that didn't really happen. Oh, you know? yeah. Uh, but then uh, one of my favorite bits of this, and I'm pretty sure it's one of yours because right now it's your avatar for Skype. Uh, it is the, <laughs> for lack of a better word, ooh face. The lighting they, of the Christmas tree and uh, the big O face. Nice touch. Cracks me up. See, I, I didn't want to call it O face. I wanted to say ooh. Oh dear, the ooh face. There ooh it is. Face. Yeah, that's that's more family friendly. Good night, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um adorable and such it's like a it's it's a split second of animation that has resonated with me forever. Absolutely. Uh, I feel like after watching this and after seeing their faces, I would start saying ooh and try to make that same circular motion with my mouth when I said it. I feel like that brought out a trope in myself yeah. that didn't exist before. Yeah, I wonder how many parents were annoyed in the 80s through 90s over this uh, sparking that that attempt in kids to say, ooh. And <laughs> every time dad would light the tree, we would be like, ooh. Uh, 
Ah. I think my mom and I still do that when we see uh, trees lit. Uh, my wife and I do it. It's it's become a thing. <laughs> and, if, and if you don't do it when you see a lit Christmas tree, you're a monster. A monster who has maybe never seen Garfield, which makes you a double monster. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a fair assessment. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. But then, uh, in in the cut special, we have we cut from that. We skip Oh Christmas Tree, and then John asks his mom to play a nice little warm, fuzzy song on the piano that I'm told is called "Christmas Keep Christmas Here in Your Heart." Sounds about right. And in the middle of that, we see Garfield curl up on Grandma's lap while she's just sitting and rocking and looking out the window at the at the night sky and the snow out there. Yeah, you get ready for laughs because this is the funniest part of this special. You know what kids love? Maudlin segments about how Grandpa never really expressed his love. Right. I mean, at some point, Grandma is saying that you know, oh, Grandpa, he was he was a stern man, but kind, and uh, you know, I think he really liked. I think. Christmas was his favorite day of the year, Grandma says, to which I had to think, so he never even talked with his wife about things like this? Like, I could understand being gruff to your kids and like, you know, I'm, I, you know, Merry Christmas, son, Merry Christmas, father, like, that's all you, (laughs) like, like, clearly you talk to your wife about things, but he never did sounds like he was a pretty repressed dude if all all things considered that was how men were back then because that's how they were raised to be so i I was a product of the times probably i guess but this this whole segment here gets so sad for me as a kid i had a lot of uh fear of death and dying Mm -hmm. uh so this really like Ooh, put a put a tooth drill right into that cavity for me. And I remember just being like, nope, nope, let's move this along. Let's get back to the yucks. I do not like <laughs> Yeah, well, and of course, they appropriately, uh, they build in a commercial break right at the end of this song. A Garfield Christmas, sponsored by McDonald's. What you want is what you get at McDonald's today. Now they got to perk up whatever 80s commercials happen to be on your copy on your eight-hour VHS tape. <laughs> what are what are the what are the commercials on your copy? I remember there being a, a spot for Pee Wee's Playhouse. Mm-hmm. I remember there being a spot for Toys R Us. Oh, rest in peace. <laughs> oh, it's sad again. All right, oh. well we're back to commercial. We're back, it <laughs> and it's time to think that. Uh, shows like this could kind of rely upon the commercial break to do some of the the heavy lifting here. Like, you end a Christmas special on a sad note, you know that sponsors during a Christmas special are going to have, like, jingly, jangly, upbeat, like, toys or oh, yeah. sales or things. And it, and it really resets the mood without the writers of the special having to do that work themselves. It's clever. Yeah, and everything back then had a nice little jingly song to it too not so much these days but everything back then had its own song m&ms had their own song m&ms yeah exactly yeah and a lot of them had like special christmas time songs like uh hey hey mcdonald's in your stocking oh yeah well the mcdonald's had its own thing that's its own episode of this so (laughs) that's coming up kids coming soon yes uh 
What do we come back to from that break? We come back to Dad reading Binky the Clown Who Saved Christmas. Yeah. He starts the book in the middle. So either this is a collection of stories or he's skipping ahead a lot. I didn't notice that. Oh, he opens the book from the middle because that's what you do when you animate. It's like, I'm not animating this book to start at the beginning. That's too hard. The book is really fat, too, so it must it must be a very long story as well. Could be. How long do you think this story is? Oh, gee, I... It, I mean, is it supposed to be, like, the night before Christmas? They don't show you the passage of time. You just cut right to the end, but it could very well be, like, a 30-minute story. <laughs> I mean, my question is, like, is it more like a, a, the night before Christmas, or is it more like uh, a Christmas carol? You know, one that'll take you a couple hours to read, even an abridged version, but one that takes you like 10 minutes to get through. Eh, somewhere in the middle, I think. Oh. Mm-hmm. A little longer than Twas the Night Before Christmas. Nothing like a Christmas carol. But... Like How the Grinch Stole Christmas? There you go. You that might be the perfect great? length, except mm. no rhyming. Yeah, right. So it feels a little longer. Although but... we can't really know if it rhymes or not, because it does kind of fade out very quickly. Uh, after the beginning and then fades back in and it's all said and done it's just really 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 long couplets (laughs) right (laughs) it's uh iambic pentameter but uh a lot more iambic i don't know i don't know anything about poetry yeah uh well and okay i've become the dad who does the silly voices when i read stories to the kids but hey kids no 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 dad read it with more emotion yeah yeah and 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 why don't you say it like binky says it every time binky saw children he would say hey kids no way could i make it through a whole story of hey kids that was pretty good. And it sounds like you could make it through a whole story of Hey Kids with just that that delivery. Not, I don't know. Binky's voice is very grovelly like that. So, I, And I don't know if I can handle that for an entire story of him talking. So he's going to have to turn into a mime very quickly. <laughs> Maybe he's only like that when he's doing the Hey Kids thing. Like, kind of like a real crusty type of cr- clown where, you know, he does the hey, hey, but then the rest of the time it's just like, uh, I got to go here. They are very kid. similar. Yeah. Krusty and Pinky, now that I think about it. Binky predates Krusty, but not by too much. Yeah. Uh, and that's a Jim Davis special. Everything about Garfield is satire or something. Binky is every TV clown ever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, every TV clown that no kid ever really wanted to watch. Right. Seriously. Uh, but what I want to know, yeah. because we never get to hear the full story, how does Binky save Christmas? Well, I mean, I think it, it comes down to, like, how involved is this? Is this... I feel, See, okay, I'll, I'll answer... I'll, like, I was vamping there just to give myself some time to think. Understood. <laughs> I think it's kind of... I, I want it to be along the lines of like how the Grinch stole Christmas, where Binky actually is the cause Ooh. of Christmas needing to be saved. So I think Binky accidentally murders Santa. <laughs> uh, Garfield said, I wish whoever invented Santa gets drug out into the street <laughs> shot. Binky overheard him. He's very susceptible did so only to realize there's a lot of gifts that need to be delivered. Oh, oh crap, this is the real Santa, and now uh-huh. I need to save Christmas. 
Yeah, I think that's uh, so he he has to hotwire a car. <laughs> no wonder the guys like this so much. <laughs> exactly. See, it's it's a story for 30, 20 to 30 year olds. There we go. See, it's not an annual Christmas tradition. It was just an adult annual Christmas exactly. tradition. It started very recently. That's why mom was so happy. He's like, finally, you're of age. We can read <laughs> Binky the Clown Who Saved Christmas. Welcome well, aboard. With all the voices right. and lewd gestures. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think uh, Binky Saves Christmas would be about? I don't know if I can top that. I was thinking. I, I think you can by being anything but a violent <laughs> tale of murdering Santa. I thought back to how uh, in Elf, how Buddy described his, his journey to New York, mm. how he traveled through the candy cane forest and a lot of that sort of. It, uh, the the book was about the journey, not the destination. Mm, okay. But Getting there to save Christmas. Could be. By him just being there. Yes. And that's pretty good. He saved Christmas. He's like, I'm here. Christmas is saved. And everyone's like, it wasn't ruined without you. He's like, nope, nope. Saved it. <laughs> All me. Bow down. Binky seems like the type who would think that, too. Yeah, I think so. It's like, I'm here and Christmas is saved. Very overbearing. <laughs> Well, speaking of destinations, it's time for bed for the Arbuckle Boys. But we later see John and Doc Boy go into their dad's room like, Dad, is it Christmas yet? Can we wake up yet? And this, even as a little kid, is when I first realized, after so m- watching so many Garfield specials, John's kind of an awkward man-child. <laughs> Before, he always seemed like a normal, boring grown-up who owned some pets. But here you see the magic and excitement of Christmas take hold of John like I never really saw it do to an adult at that time. Yeah, yeah my parents liked Christmas, but they never got his can't-contain-himself-John at one thirty in the morning. Mm. My memories of Dad on Christmas morning is just, well, he always had the camera, so he was always just taking the videos. Mm. So maybe that's it. Yeah, we would always have to wait for my dad as well. He would be the last one up, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. And I think we were, after this special aired, I believe we were forbidden to do any such BS to our parents. <laughs> like, we knew from an Sounds early age that you do not go and ask them to wake up. You go downstairs and wait for them to wake up. And it's it's weird. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't feel like they ever yelled at us for trying to wake them up. It was more like me and my sister would see what we could get away with before my parents were up you know it's like oh wake up and be like we'd wake each other up and then sneak downstairs and like look through our stocking and just like look at everything for a bit um and then in years later my sister would just be like all right i'm going back to bed wake me when they get up and i would just sit there staring at the tree for like four hours (laughs) but yeah no we never we never tried to do the uh you know wake up thing do your kids try and do that to you did you do that to your dad is it a tradition you've passed along I remember also liking to sleep in on Christmas morning. Mm. I guess my attitude was, it'll still be there. Mm. Wow. Perhaps an early, early Christmas morning, I might have woken up early. But uh, I was not a morning person growing up. Me me neither. But on Christmas morning, I, well into uh, college, when I was home from college, I would wake up. Uh, before sunrise and go downstairs and put Charlie Brown Christmas uh, CD on and make myself Mm. hot cocoa and watch the sun come up uh, and just sit there with the tree on and just looking around. And I just something really nice for me to do Um, outside of one year 
where oh. I slept in pretty late. Uh, and I woke up and I came downstairs and the entire family had come over and opened all of their gifts. <laughs> and oh, no. I was like, what? And they were like, oh, we figured you wanted to sleep. Here, open your gifts. It was so weird. So weird. It was so unlike me. It was so unlike them. It was a strange. Yeah. It was a very strange year. You got an extra unexpected gift of more sleep. Yeah. And you didn't know if you really wanted it. Yeah, because see, but then when you wake up, and like the whole family's there. Now it's like, oh, I'm going to have to open my gifts in front of my sister and her boyfriend, my parents and my grandparents and like my mom's friend Oof. who came over for dessert. Like, I don't want to do this, you know. <laughs> my parents always buy too many gifts. And so I'm sitting there like, hey, mm-hmm. let's move this along, please. Uh, what I'm saying is Christmas is the worst. <laughs> no, <I'm> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get back in a better giving mood. We uh, see Odie wake up in the middle of the night and sneak off. And Garfield wakes up just in time to see where he's going. He's off to the barn where we see Odie making something out of some spare parts, like a piece of wood, some wire, a little hand rake, and a plunger handle. Really MacGyvering it. Really. And we find out Christmas morning that Odie has been building Garfield a homemade back scratcher. Mm Mm-hmm. And I want one. <laughs> I will say that when you see Odie scratching himself uh, on it, and the look of absolute joy on his face as he's going like, Ooh, uh, oh yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, I want to be scratched like that and enjoy right. it <laughs> just like it's that. It's that same ooh as you get it when is. the Christmas lights go on. It's the same exact You got the circular expression. lips. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I've lived my life. Maybe this is what heroin addicts try to chase their whole life. <laughs> oh, no. Like you try and chase that like ooh feeling. You know, you see it in a Garfield special once when you're nine and then you just spend the rest of your life trying to chase that same ooh. Oh, man. I get it now. <laughs> I got to get back there. <laughs> I got a man. So I, we passed over while uh, Garfield is following Odie and he's putting this thing together. Uh, Lou Rawls' song starts up. Uh, the song, oh, yes. You Can Never Find an Elf When You Need One, that has the inexplicable line. When elves and other weirdos. When elves and other weirdos. Ooh. Weirdos? Oh, what other what other Christmas weirdos are there? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Why <laughs> is there? Yeah, Grinch was the one that came to mind, but nothing that like. No, I don't think Santa employed any other weirdos. Snowmen, freaky snowmen. I don't know. Could be. Yeah, that that, that one talking snowman that narrates Rudolph. That's mm-hmm. supposed to be Burl Ives, but is not at all Burl Ives. Pretty it weird. More like Colonel Sanders. <laughs> Colonel Ives. Colonel Ives. So Odie gets uh, nothing from Garfield. So thanks thanks a bunch, Odes. He gets a thanks. Garfield's very touched, but Odie gets nothing. Odie also doesn't care. I guess. Because he's good with it, but still. uh, No, Garfield gives the one gift he finds, because while he's out in the barn, he he falls off a stack of boxes, and inside one of them, it uh, knocks him on the head, is a stack of old letters. Right. What should have been in there was a stack of shredded paper and mouse poop, because that's what happens to paper when it's stored in a barn. I don't know right. if you know this. <laughs> I don't. But it is. Mice get into it and make it their home and where babies live. But ah. these letters were not chewed to death, and Garfield delivers them to Grandma. For five decades they were in that barn and somehow miraculously stayed in... 
readable condition. Oh, they're covered in black mold. And grandma, with a, her lowered immune system, is going to die shortly from being exposed oh, to it. But that's for the next special, Garfield Christmas Special 2. <laughs> Garfield minus grandma. So these are love letters, right, from uh, her old uh, repressed husband, uh, in which we now find out that he is quite a romantic, sending uh, letters like if the ocean were ink and the sky my parchment, there wouldn't be enough room or time to tell you how much I love you. And then she kind of giggles. And mom, Arbuckle, says, oh, what, what else? And grandma then insinuates that the letters contain explicit sexual material not <laughs> suitable to talk about with family. It is inappropriate for a lady to talk about her romances, my dear. In a children's story. <laughs> I mean, She tries to say it in just a stern, it's just like, none of your business. In her gruff grandma way, but you know what she was implying. Right? Okay. Yeah. To her credit, have you ever written or spoken anything like that to or about your wife? I will endeavor to now. Knowing, <laughs> That's knowing right. that a cartoon can do it, I think I can do it. No, I think the most romantic thing I've ever written to my wife is like when I'm going away on a business trip and she leaves her work before I do. I'll leave a note on the pillow that just says, I love you. See you soon. Smooch. Like, that's it. Pretty much. Like, that's the extent of my uh, romanticized love letters. I will have to do better. I'll have to do better. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat pretty much. I think the most romantic thing I ever told my wife, the insides of both of our wedding bands say uh, – it's an ellipsis, and I love you, which is a joke from the uh, the original book version of The Princess Bride, mm. where that's every other sentence that Wesley writes to Buttercup. <laughs> uh, but but the one? but the cute thing about that was that we had each other's engraved in secret, and they ended up being the <gasps> exact same thing. Aw, that's adorable. So there's this moment uh, during our wedding, which we don't have videotaped, but I'm sure someone did. One of relative had a camcorder that they'll catch us just cracking up in the middle oh. when we realize what's in yours. Wow, that's great. Did you, did you take it to the same engraver? So was this engraver like... We did, so... It would be really funny if you blew the surprise. In hindsight, we realized that, oh, okay, they were laughing at us because they thought we were cute. Right. But... That would be great, though, if it blew the surprise, like, you, you, your wife brought the ring in, be like, and I wanted to say, it's like, oh, your husband got the same thing. Weird. <laughs> Uh-oh. Nah, they're all pros at this, but <laughs> if I was running a jewelry shop, I might have spilled the beans. Oh, yeah. But I can't keep it. To their credit, they did a wonderful job keeping it secret. Yeah. Uh, Just as grandma keeps a secret, all that sexual explicit material that are those letters we've clearly been schooled by old grandpa arbuckle but yeah well we wrap up with garfield telling the family he has something to say and he goes on with christmas it's not the giving it's not the getting it's the loving there i said it thanks for catsplaining christmas garfield well more importantly here's where it gets muddy over whether the humans can actually hear him or if he's just talking to us the viewer yeah or if he just thinks they can hear him. I don't know. Yeah. I think they were all uh, poisoned by the black mold in the letters that Garfield brought in. And they're having a shared hallucination. And they think he's talking. So Could be. Yeah. It's the mold in the letters. It's the cat hair and the chili. 
They are all kinds of poisoned. The Arbuckles are not getting out of Christmas alive this year. Yes. Next <laughs> next tier, don't miss Garfield minus everyone. <laughs> Just, well, Jeff, yeah. if people want to... Oh, sp- wait, hang on. I was... Oh, I should have... I should have just gone. Do you have a Boing fork? Yeah, I got a, I got a jaw harp, and I'm just trying to learn how to use it, but it's just hitting my teeth and hurting a lot. Can you hear it? Is it boinging? <laughs> oh, I can hear it. Good old-fashioned Christmas. Yeah, ow, that hurts. Just don't try that at home. So there you go. That's That was the last gag I had. I'm glad you called it a jaw harp and not its proper name. So uh, thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Uh, life. Life has to evolve. Right. I called it a boing fork. Well, I like because that's what I called. That's what I originally named it when the, I, the first not the first time I saw one of those was in Your Good Man Charlie Brown because Snoopy has one on the bus, and that's five minutes of that movie. <laughs> Everything in that movie because I think it was either like very end of the 60s or early 70s where everything just took forever mm-hmm. yeah you know kids like long sequences keep it going <laughs> i like calling it the boing fork because that distances it even farther from the original name like you say jaw harp and you're yes. like wait what did you say uh, but you call it a boing fork boom no one no one no one needs to think about what it used to be nope well, Jeff, if people want to spike your chili powder with sausage gravy, where are all the places they can find you on the internet? Oh, probably the best place is on Twitter. If you go to at SummerJam, S-O-M-M-E-R-J-A-M, uh, I tweet about things that I'm doing there, uh, including um, several other podcasts that I appear on, uh, in- including Rabbit Hole uh, and uh, Talk and Chop, where Talk and Chop, we talk about uh, American Chopper, the old TV show. For some reason, we're watching it from the beginning and talking about it, me and my friend Jonathan, <laughs> having a hoot talking about that. And Rabbit Hole, we talk about Wikipedia pages. It's, uh, it's a good time, and it's enjoyable by everyone. But uh, when you want to, I'll, 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 I always tweet about it when it happens. So if you just follow me on Twitter, you'll get everything. Excellent. Jeff, thanks for taking this drive out to the farm with me. Mike, thank you for inviting me out to the farm, uh, rummaging through the old boxes in your barn and getting black mold poisoning. Yes. Well, if we survive, we'll have to do this again. We definitely will. Yes. The Advent Calendar House is part of the Christmas Podcast Network. To find more shows like this one, visit christmaspodcastnetwork.com. Hi everyone, Dwayne Bailey here from the Tinsel Tunes Podcast. Did you know Silent Night is the most recorded holiday song of all time? Over 137,000 times and counting. Come join us each month as I dive into Christmas music and reveal lots of interesting facts like that. Also, learn about your old favourites as well as getting a heads up for the new music each season. We're on all the podcast networks like iTunes, Stitcher and Google Podcasts. Check out our website, tinseltunes.com, for all the links as well as our socials. I look forward to seeing you all soon. To learn more about the celebration of Christmas, the Library of Congress suggests these books, Celebrating Christmas Around the World by Herbert H. Wernicke, The Christmas Tree Book by Philip V. Snyder, and Guinness Book of Christmas, edited by Tom Hartman. 
These and many other informative books are waiting for you in your local library and bookstore. Visit them. They'll be happy to help you read more about it. Next, it's musical magic with those California raisins. Caroling camels, waltzing walruses, and Herman Rex on the all-new Claymation Christmas Celebration. <laughs> 